Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning. If you'll grab your note sheet and your copy of God's Word, turn to the book of Daniel as we begin our brand new series, Lion Hearted, Lion Hearted. So I'm just going to need to uh, tell you to turn to your neighbor, and in, in uh, preparation of this series, I need you to turn to your neighbor and, and roar. So it, oh. I got six weeks to get that better. All right. <laughs> so obviously, uh, Daniel, super fun book. A lot of crazy stories in here. And um, obviously the most, uh, the most famous if you grew up Sunday school or, or had a church background. If you didn't, no big deal. We'll uh, tell, take you through those stories. But if you do happen to have a, a church background, obviously the most famous story through the book of Daniel is Daniel and the... Lions Den, right? And that's in chapter six. We'll get to that in six weeks or so with Mother's Day and Ted Cunningham. So eight, eight weeks. But actually what's crazy is through the book of Daniel, um, lions were roaring all, all through that book, really. And so like whether it was the lion of captivity or the lion of unfamiliar territory, the lion of fear, the lion of the fiery furnace, the lion, all, all of these lions, you know, you know, like your week, like how Right, how lions, anybody have any lions roaring at them this week? Like, I, I know, I know it was just your spouse asking you to take out the trash, but somehow you just, you heard lion roaring across that. I, like, I know your two-year-old was just trying to express to you that he was very tired and needed a nap and some food. He would be pleased with some food in his stomach, but it came across... As a, as a roar, your, your boss was just reminding you that the project that he'd given you six months ago was due this Friday, but it came across as a roar. College student, your, your professor just circled that date on the syllabus again. The, syllab- the, the date was the same as the due date of the term paper at the beginning of the semester, but when you saw it, right, it just, and so, and so we just, we go through our weeks and we feel like sometimes life is roaring at us and it's the same roars that Daniel faced. It was the roar of fear, the roar of compromise, the roar of all of these different things, the roar of deadlines, the roar of responsibilities. But how, how you defeat the roars in your life is the same way that Daniel defeated the roar in his life. And that's, that's that the roar that is in you is actually greater than the roar of the enemy. So Daniel just realized, according to Revelation 5, 5, because here's the cool thing, the book of Daniel is actually really tied into the book of Revelation. And most people think it's just chapters 7 and beyond that are tied into Revelation. I actually think the whole book of Daniel has a key and a strategic connection to the book of Revelation. So in Revelation 5.5, it says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so you say, well, pastor, I don't feel, I don't feel very lion-hearted. That's okay. You don't have to feel lion-hearted. You are lion-hearted. So like when you say yes to Jesus, Jesus dwells in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, then the roar that is within you is greater than the roar of whatever you're facing. Come on, if you believe that, give him praise because he is the lion. He is the lion. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get that roar up before these weeks 
are out. So let's dive into our story. I want to preach to you a word about favor this morning, increasing your favor. favor. Daniel, Daniel chapter 1. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. See, they weren't off to a very good start. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. And then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. See, they started out in Jerusalem, but they ended up in Babylon. Can, can I just let you know right off the bat this morning that sometimes we minister in Jerusalem, but sometimes we minister in Babylon. And here's what I mean by that. Jerusalem, and I get it, they had, their, they had their seasons. They had a lot of seasons uh, that were not the best seasons. But basically, what Jerusalem is going to represent over the course of this series is a culture that is, for the most part, a God-honoring and God-centered culture. Babylon is the opposite. And some of you work in Babylon. Some of you go to school in Babylon. Some of you live Monday through Friday in Babylon. And what I mean by that is you live in an environment that is not God-centered and God-honoring. You play on a sports team that in that locker room tomorrow, high school student, is going to be some conversation that is not God-centered and God-honoring. Businessman, you're going to get on a plane tomorrow and have to take a business trip. And what happens after they clock out and everybody goes for drinks is not God-centered and God-honoring. Teacher, you're going to step into a classroom tomorrow that the majority of the people standing in front of you or sitting in desks in front of you are not God-centered and God-honoring. But here's what you got to know. It doesn't matter whether you minister in Jerusalem or Babylon. It's the same God. And it's the same power. It's the same Holy Spirit that can empower you to step into your situation. I don't care how Babylon it is. Jesus can minister through you through the power of the Holy Spirit in Babylon. And can I tell you this? So you maybe you're thinking, well, maybe the whole goal, I just got to get out of Babylon. I just got to get out of Babylon. If I could just, if I could just work in the church. And I'm not going to lie, we have fun working at the church. But what if God didn't call you to work at a church? What if the, what if the goal in your life, what if you have a... I'm telling you, God's releasing something in this place this morning. What if you have a Daniel anointing? Daniel's anointing was just as powerful as Isaiah's anointing. Isaiah's anointing was anointing for Jerusalem, but Daniel had an anointing to reach Babylon. What if you have a Daniel anointing in your life that is going to allow you to step into a culture that does not recognize God, that does not give glory to God, that does not give honor to God? And what if that Daniel anointing is in you? What if there is a favor in your life that is so strong, that's getting ready to increase and be released? 
released over the course of this series that will allow you to step into a Babylon culture and reach it for Jesus. God wants to increase favor. Let's keep going here. How do we do this? Bible says in verse 4, select only strong, healthy, good-looking, young men. If you're sitting beside one of them, lean over and tell them, go ahead. Preacher's talking about you. If you're sitting beside it, come on. If you're sitting beside a guy, tell him, must be talking about you. You're in the, you're in the Bible. You're right there. God was talking about you. Make sure they're well-versed in every branch of learning. Gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchen. And they were to be trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were the four young men all chosen from the tribe of Judah. Let me give you three thoughts. Number one is find your favor. You got to find your favor. In order to increase your favor, you got to find your favor. The first thing that happened to Daniel, and then we know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but their real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The first thing that happened to these four young men is they were selected and they were chosen. But I don't want to concentrate for a moment on the fact that they were chosen. I want to concentrate on how they were chosen. Think about this because I think it's significant. How, what, what was their moment? What was Daniel's moment? Like his moment of calling, what did that look like? Here's what it looked like. It looked like Babylonian soldiers. It looked like the enemy walking up and knocking on his boyhood home and him looking out of his window and seeing the city that he had grown up in being ransacked and pillaged and he got led out of Jerusalem and led to the place of his calling in chains. Can I tell you that the way God calls you isn't always the way that we would like for God to call us? And can I tell somebody this morning, can I expand your view of what the call of God looks like in your life? Because I think sometimes we have this view of what the call of God looks like. And it always, all of them look like Mary's call. Remember Mary's call? Like Mary just happy in her room and an angel comes and like the choir, the choir of angels are singing, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored. How many of you are like, I'll take that call? But that's not all the way. Daniel's call is not any less significant than Mary's call. But Daniel's call in the beginning was against his will. Do you know that sometimes God will go against the thing that you thought that you wanted in your life to get you to the place where he needed to get you? Come on, who am I preaching to this morning? Maybe, maybe you're in a situation that you're praying to get out of. Maybe it's your calling. Maybe God is at work in the middle of that situation. And what feels like chains is actually a catapult that God is using to launch you into a new favor. But it's not fun. And so that's not a real good one to say amen to. How come I can't be called like Isaiah? How come I can't? It doesn't matter how you're called, you're called. God's choosing you in your situation right now. 
in that situation you're praying to get out of, I'm telling you, God is at work leading you in the midst of that. I know it feels like chains. I know it feels like captivity. I know it feels less than ideal. But since when did God ever need ideal circumstances to do his work and further his kingdom? Like that's God's specialty, right? Less than ideal. If you're here this morning and you're, you're simply saying, Pastor, my circumstances are less than ideal. Good news because that's God's specialty. God specializes in a less than ideal school situation. He specializes in a, my, my family situation, Pastor, is less than ideal. Good because that's, what, that's where God wants to show up. God will... Power a Holy Spirit revival just as strong in Babylon as it is in Jerusalem. You got to find your favor, find your favor. Verse, verse 7 then, the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. But what's interesting is through the rest of the book of Daniel, the book that bears his name, somebody you know, when he, when he finished the manuscript and when he brought it to the publisher and they were like, hey, what do you want to call this book? He didn't say, I want to call this book. I'm embellishing a little here, but you get the, he didn't say, I want to call it the book of Belteshazzar. Because, because listen, here, here's the thing I want you to get. It doesn't matter. I don't care what somebody's title is. They don't have authority ever in your life to rename you. I don't care what their, I don't care that their title is CEO. I don't care that their title is president of the company. I don't care that their title is coach. I don't care that their title is teacher. I don't care that their title, this was the chief of staff, y'all. The chief of staff stepped in and said, I don't want you to be Daniel anymore. I want you to be Belteshazzar. And Daniel just in a way that was honoring and a way that was respectful. See, you can honor authority in your life. You can respect authority in your life, but you don't have to receive everything that they're saying about you come on give them praise I'm talking about a, a I'm talking about the anointing of rejection in your life you can you don't have to accept everything that somebody else says about you you can honor your boss you can honor your teacher you can honor I'm speaking to a teenager in here that you're living in a culture at home where things are being spoken spoken over you, you can honor your parents, but you don't have to receive that name they're trying to speak over you. Because only Jesus Christ, only the Lion of Judah has the power to roar over your life and declare your name. And if he's named you Daniel, then don't settle for any other name that the enemy's trying to, come on, give him praise because he's named you. You are blessed. You're stepping into favor this morning. You find that favor. You find that favor. And then, and then these other guys, I don't know what about, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, they kept their other names. Well, let's rename them back. Let's start just Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael. We'll call them by their godly names. Verse 8, but Daniel was determined. Say determined. He was determined not to defile himself by eating food and wine that was given to them by the king. And he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. The second thing you do is you got to focus on your favor. You got to focus on your favor. You say, pastor, how do I focus on my favor? You got to guard it. You got to guard it. Listen to me. You got to guard your favor. You got to guard your favor. Daniel, see what happened was as soon as God identified the favor in Daniel's life, you know what Satan did? Satan went into, into the kitchen. 
See, there is a hell's kitchen. It's not run by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> it's run by Satan. And Satan knows what you like to eat. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He knows your taste buds. He knows if your weakness is sweet or salty or both of them at the same time. He knows, he knows what you like. So Satan will slip into the kitchen and he'll serve you up. He will serve you up a plate of compromise. You understand what I'm talking about? But Daniel had determined not to defile himself. So Daniel didn't make the decision in the moment when the plate was lifted in front of him. He had made this decision before. Are you catching this? You, the, the time to make the decision when not to defile yourself is not in the heat of the moment when Satan brings that temptation. You already know what temptation's coming your way this week. You, do, you know your weakness. You know the trigger that's going to make you angry. Teenager, you know the text message that you're going to get on Friday night. And so what you got to do is you got to determine right now, I'm not going to answer that text message. You got to determine right now when the boss comes in and talks to you that you're not going to respond out of anger. You're going to determine right now that when the enemy attacks your marriage this week that you're not going to respond in the way that you responded last week. The time to determine is right now. You got to determine. And you got to guard that favor. you got to guard that favor. I want you to watch this. There were two things that they brought before Daniel. One was black and white. As a young Hebrew man, it was very clear in the Levitical scriptures that God said, no, you were not allowed to have part of that food. The other part of that food and beverage assortment that was brought before Daniel, actually, I'm going to be really honest, it was not the Levitical laws. He could have eaten it and still went to heaven. It was a gray area. But Daniel said no to both black and white. See, there's, there's things as a Christ follower that are, they're black and white, folks. I know that's no, not popular to say in this culture, but sin is sin, okay? And if the Bible calls it sin, don't do it. But there are other things. Oh, hear your pastor's heart this morning. There are other things that you say, Pastor, well, that's not going to send me to hell. And I agree with you, but it might rob you of favor. And it might rob you of anointing. And so what Daniel said is there are things that are, that are cultural and conviction that if you're ministering in Babylon, sometimes you need to be as far away from the line of Babylonian culture so that God can pour out a favor on you that is so big. It's not a matter of your salvation. I get it, but it may be a matter of your favor. And no, God, don't, I, I, I feel like I don't need to get specific. You know, you know whatever area it is in your life. Let the Holy Spirit preach this area in your life. Whatever grace area you feel like you might be dabbling in. It's not that God says it's a matter of getting into heaven or hell, but he has more favor for you. He has more anointing for you, and he's got a greater grace for you to reach a culture of Babylon that you can't look like a Babylonian. Does that make sense? Say yes. So Daniel steps into this, and he guards his favor. He focuses on his favor. The second, the second way that you can focus on your favor is don't get pulled into Babylonian arguments. Daniel understood that people in Babylon were not held to the same dietary laws as Hebrews. 
Let me say it real plain like Pastor Rick always used to say. I know this is going to shock you, right? This is going to shock you. But you know, you know what sinners do? They sin. And so you can't get pulled into an argument with somebody that doesn't know Jesus about Jewish dietary laws when they're not living according to Jewish laws. Are you, are you following me this morning? What Daniel said, he said, I'm not going to get pulled into some argument on social media. I'm just going to live at a higher level and God's going to bless me so much that my life is going to stand out and people around me are going to see, hey, there's something different about him. God's favor is on him. There's an anointing upon him. This guy's really smart and he's good looking and he's got things going on just physically. He's higher. There is a way you can live in such a way that you don't have to get pulled into every petty little argument that's going on in culture. What you do is you step into a Daniel anointing that says, I'm going to live above that argument and show people how a godly person lives and let that favor and let that favor continue to increase in your life. And so we continue this morning now in verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel to the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. But he responded, I'm, a, I'm afraid. Daniel, I'm afraid. He's like, I, I gotcha, but I'm afraid that the, the, of the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine, if you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. So Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days. So um, at the end of this, here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit would just call some of you into that are ministering in a Babylon culture, you just say, I need, Pastor, I need greater favor in my life, is a 10-day, what they call a 10-day Daniel fast. And we put some uh, resources on your note sheet. Uh, those are not, like, uh, we, didn't, we didn't go through those and say, we agree with every single theological principle on those websites. I just basically, look, I wanted to give you recipes because if you're not eating hamburgers for 10 days, you just, sometimes you need something that, that makes you not mad at other people, all right? So that's just on those websites, there's some, 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 like some recipes and, and things with food. But as you step into, I really believe the Lord will call you into a 10-day fast. And you're going to focus for 10 days and write down at the end. I learned this from our, our evangelist, Joe Phillips. He's, when, when one of the first things that he taught me was focus focus when he was fasting he would write down that end result and I'm focusing not just for something in general because when your belly starts rumbling by like 10 a.m. on day one of your fast you got to have that goal at the end this is what I'm focused on so you can push through in this in this area so he appointed chief of staff to look after him they said please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water some of you say well that sounds like hell's kitchen right there that's that sounds like the thing I want to avoid. But Daniel said at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. If you will change your diet, track, track with me, I'm not talking about food anymore. If you will change your diet, you will look so much better than the people of the world. There will be a joy that they don't have. There will be a peace that they don't have. 
There will be a, a, a countenance that they don't have. There will be a favor. that they. This is the Daniel anointing that is able to step into a, a, a culture that is not God-honoring and not God-centered. That if you change your diet and begin to feed on God's word, begin to feed on what he says about you, begin to feed on his righteousness, begin to feed on his food, begin to feed on listening to the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to feed on journaling every morning, begin to feed on coming early and pressing in and in pre-service prayer and deeper, begin to feed on seasons of fasting in your life. See, when you change your diet on the inside, you begin to look different on the outside and it causes people notice these things because then in verse 14 the attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days here's the third thing to fast for increased favor fast for increased favor one of the things fasting will do in your life is it will flip a switch and no longer in your life will you work for your appetite your appetite will begin to work for you have you ever worked for your appetite about nine o'clock every evening, I start to work for my appetite. And my appetite is calling me to that last piece, that last half piece of cheesecake in the refrigerator that I know I told my son that he could have. But the voice in my head <laughs> said, you're a grown man. <laughs> you can eat what you want. And by the way, you got enough money that you can buy your son another piece of cheesecake. So I was led by my appetite that night. I'm sorry, Cade. Let you down, son. But how many of you understand what it's like to be led by your appetite in life sometimes? Led by the appetite of power? That suddenly the, it, was, it was God that inspired you to want to do good and want to be successful. That's a good appetite from God. But then Satan goes into his kitchen and he cooks you up something and he brings it out and he tries to tempt you away from that. And all of a sudden you're led by an appetite that gets power hungry. And all of a sudden your appetite turns towards you get jealous of people who get promoted ahead of you. And all of a sudden you get, you get envious of people who have better cars than you. And all of a sudden you treat people uh, below you with a little less dignity and a little less respect are you tracking with me we get controlled by our appetite we live in a culture that is controlled by sexual appetite it influences our advertising and our media and what we listen to and what we watch are you following me we live in a culture because Babylon Babylon is controlled by their appetite but the people of God their appetite works for them and what fasting will do is it'll turn the switch in your life and suddenly the thing that was controlling you through the power of the Holy Spirit, now you have control over and it starts working for you again in your life. Things that, what will happen through this fast is things that work, were working against you will start working for you. Because you will change and you'll stop succumbing to the temptation and to the compromise that the enemy is trying to serve up in front of you. As you say, you already made your decision. You say, no, I'm on vegetables. I'm on the word of God. And when the enemy brings that relationship back into your life, you say, I already made my decision. I'm just eating vegetables. And so suddenly that chicken wing doesn't look good anymore. I'm bouncing back between metaphors here. Are you tracking me? I'm not talking about not eating chicken, chicken wings for the rest of your life because that's not Jesus either. <laughs> I'm talking about an enemy that knows 
knows your taste buds. But you know your taste buds. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, that sin that you've been struggling with for so long and you're so frustrated with this 10-day fast, it'll, cha- it'll change your appetite. The thing that you thought you wanted and, and you've been putting so much time and effort and energy into and you don't seem to be making any traction, it'll change, it'll, a switch will flip and it'll begin to change your appetite. And you'll start saying, man, I'm hungrier for worship. You'll start saying, you'll start saying like crazy spiritual things like I'm going to get to church five minutes early. I mean like insanely crazy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there for prayer. It'll change your appetite. And then when God sees your appetite change, then he says, now I got a meal that'll satisfy that appetite. And it's better than anything the enemy could ever serve you up. Here's four quick results before we close. This is what will happen. This is what I want you to focus on during this 10 day fast. Physical results. Physical results at the end of, end of 10 days, verse 15. Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. Who knows that God won't use this to flip the switch of diabetes or whatever's going on in your life. Just a physical benefit to this fast. There's a, there's a mental and an intellectual benefit to this. What if God uses this to sharpen your mind? What if he uses it to give you insight? What if he uses this to increase your ability for understanding and knowledge and wisdom like he did for Daniel in verse 17a? God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding in every aspect of literature and wisdom there's a spiritual benefit and God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams and then there's a vocational there's a vocational benefit verse 18 when the training period ordered by the king was completed the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar and the king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so they entered the royal service. And then look, watch this. Whenever the king consulted them in any manner requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable. So, so think of this. I, I, I don't know how this works. I'm speculating. I admit this. Think of how, the, I don't know how this works in the spirit. Like when God begins to increase the favor on your life, is there more, like, is there more favor that is poured out? I think that's entirely possible. But in this passage, it seems like, it seems like the favor was already there. Because what's the language that the scripture uses? It says the king found them. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, Simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.